Hey guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. guest here with us today is she special she she is special she is special she's my daughter hi tara hi all right <laughs> she's super shy and nobody can see her so, okay. I don't know. Know. so well i'm shy but eh. so we have a new thing we're going to do <laughs> um first of all that's not the new thing i just got really excited that was weird yeah, I don't woo, know. Woo, woo, woo. I don't. I feel like I was an owl. It's like a. I don't know. That was like some sort of dog. Woo, 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 woo. Ah. Oh. oh, speaking of that, so we're not at my place. We, um, I'm at a pretend Airbnb. It's pretend. I'm house sitting. Thank you for clearing that up for us. <laughs> oh and God. we're actually recording the day after we finished recording Jessica Ridgeway because Amanda missed me. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. So we are doing a new segment that we've decided, and we've been doing it since the podcast started. It's kind of stupid, it's but it's okay. Dinner, 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 dinner That's in my stupid. mouth, dinner. That was stupid. that we cook and eat together. It is. So we do dinner. So um, we have had a couple of recipes that people have asked us about. One was the feta pasta salad. Wow, we seem to use feta cheese quite. Oh, yeah, and I usually leave this up to you, and we're always going Greek. Are you Greek? I'm not. I really wish I was. You just really like Greek because you always are choosing feta Greek things. I just really love feta cheese. All right. Well, that's what we've done today. So what is it we did today? What is that called? Um, are we just going to start naming things by ourselves? Because I don't think we should be allowed to do that. It was baked feta pasta. Yeah, and so it had grape tomatoes in it. We added mushrooms. Yum. Um, fresh garlic, fresh basil, pepper, salt, crushed red pepper. Crushed red pepper. It's super simple. We're, I'm going to post a picture on our um, Facebook, and I'm sure Amanda will post it on the Instagram, and yep. maybe it'll make its way over to Twitter. Um, and I think that we're going to start doing that. We're going to start telling you, you what we're eating, Twitter? and then we're yeah, yeah we, have we have a Twitter. Where have you been? James usually takes care of the Twitter, but I think he has just fallen off the Twitter wagon. The tweeted wagon. The wagon he, of birds. Well, I have Twitter. You could have told me to follow you on Twitter. He has. Well, if you listened to the podcast. Slowed his twit. So he slowed his twit? <laughs> wow. Okay. Again, welcome to Ashanda. <laughs> Special Oops. guest, Tara. Um, <clears throat> so not much has happened since yesterday. No. No, not at all. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? <laughs> so let's get into this case. I want you to know that this is definitely an uppity case since... Jessica Ridgeway, this is not a downy case. I'm not so, giving out. So, aka, it's not a child death or dog death. I'm not giving disclaimers. There's okay. no disclaimers. Okay. This woman is, it's either she's nuts or she's just Yeah, got bad is luck. this the one you were writing about and then gave me the name in my book for? Yeah, That would be it, it yeah. is. So, it is. we are talking about Margie Velma Barfield. And today's case came from a draw of the straws type situation. That's not a thing. Draws of the straw. What? What? It, draw of, of the, the straw. No. That's draw of the straws. That's the no. That's not that's the phrase. No, that's not a phrase. What? What do you mean it's not a phrase? Then what is it? There's straws, and what is it then? Draw of the straws. That is not a thing. That's what is a, the word then? The term. Luck of the draw. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See There's that? no straws. Are you sure? Positive. Hundred percent positive. Thousand percent positive. Well, I don't like that at all. And we're going to draw the straws. <laughs> Tomato avocado. That's right. That's right. That's an Ashanda <laughs> thing, people. If you don't know, Tara, you know. do you remember tomato avocado? 
Yeah. Yes. That was. If you guys that's want how to we know, know that your son doesn't have common sense. Yes. Okay. Well, you were there too, so and not correcting anybody. So. That being said, if you guys want to know what tomato avocado is, please reach out to us and we will let you know. Oh, yeah. So, I know we're only on episode 14, but I feel like we've gotten into, like, the routine of killers that mainly seem to be, like, men. Do we have a woman killer today? Yeah, we do. <gasps> Margie. Oh, yeah, right. Just, Velma. Vel- How can I forget Velma? Barfield. Um, I really don't like that last I mean, I know we did. Sounds like, it sounds like throwing Barf. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll get down there with that. Um, <laughs> we did Brooke Skyler Richardson in episode two and three, but if I'm, I mean, if I'm being honest, that's she my did, favorite one so far. She did not murder anybody. I really don't think so. Pretty sure. Uh, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that one. It's episode three. Two and three. It two was a two parter. Yep. No. Yes, it was. Wasn't Ira two parts? No. Ira was our very first case and it should have been two parts because it was two hours. Oh, okay. That's why I'm thinking. Okay. So it's two and three. You're correct. Yeah. So, but then there was Kim Edwards, but she didn't really Twilight kill anybody. Killers? Yeah, she recruited she Lucas Markham. She it, yeah. Yeah, so go back and listen to her. Yeah. Pretty sure that was episode four. Four or five. Yeah. I can't keep track. I don't yeah. have my stuff in front of me. Uh, please don't come for me about that. Don't come um, for me. But I, I figured I shouldn't be too biased and just stick with, like, men killers. I figure we should squeeze some women in there. Draw the straws. Draw the straws, right. So, because we know that women can be crazy as well, right? We're, we're, we're I'm not. What's that one true crime show? What, Deadly Women? Deadly Women? women? Yeah. That's a thing. So I'm aware. Absolutely. And because I do not like to do well-known cases, although at some point. We are going to have to do. Jody Arias. Yeah. Because oh. she's my fave. She's my fave. Yeah. Have you watched the movie? Yes. I want to watch it again. Okay. This is not about Okay. Her. Yep. No. I decided to look up not well-known cases. So some that people haven't really heard about. And here came Margie Velma Barfield. And I was like, oh, I've, I think I would remember if I've heard that name. Yeah. we. Is it well-known? I don't know. Okay. To me, not so much. So... What I did do is I find it funny that I chose this one because I actually have some things going in my life currently that just like, it just so happens that out of everywhere this case could have taken place, it literally took place right where some bad things are going on for me. You mean North Carolina? How did you guess? So I do need to just give one warning here. I thought there were no... No, there's no disclaimers. This is just a warning. I am Ashley. Yeah, it's the same thing. This case will not be done quickly. If you guys can hear the grandfather clock, <laughs> that's going to go off every 15 minutes. And then there will be chiming when it turns six. So just so you know. Um, this case will not be done click- quickly. Quickly? It, it's going to be more than one episode. It's going to be three. Okay. I'm I have start. more notes on Margie here. Margie Velma. Than I did on Hinter Kaifai. Oh my gosh, I didn't think that was possible. Who am I kidding? I knew that was possible. So I am unsure how to feel about this case. For like a few different reasons. Maybe. Does she go by Margie or does she go by. I'll let you know. We haven't gotten to that. Oh, yeah. But it's either the location triggers me because of the recent events. Or it could be the fact that this is this is tragic. And probably it was preventable. Probably. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about conclusions in part three, I'm sure. Um, so let's, let's, let's get started, Honor. On October 29th, 1932, Margie Velma Bullard was born into a poor family somewhere in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, they lived on a small tobacco farm. Ew. But it was oh. tobacco and cotton oh, together. Okay. Which is really weird. Don't you think the cotton would, like, absorb the tobacco smell? Or is that not a thing? That's, until it's, it's not like big... Fl- <laughs> no. We're talking to somebody who thought marshmallow grew on bushes. So. Shut up. You thought that marshmallow grew on bushes? Why are you here, Tara? <laughs> Why would you think that? Shut up. It's all sugar. The French frying casings were a thing, too. Shut up. The what? 
dinner shand off show you sometime. If you guys have questions, please feel free to email. Anyway, her family and friends did mostly call her Velma, so that's what we're going to call her. She was just one of nine kids. On purpose? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not on purpose for Velma, but yeah, for her parents, Lillian and Murphy Bullard. She was the second born child following her brother, Olive, but she was the first girl. I love that name. For a boy? It's Olive? Yeah, apparently it was like a boy's name, but so was Ashley, so I'm named after a boy. Olive. That's what it should have been. Well, it's Olive. So she was the first girl. Um, I could not find, like, the names of the rest of her siblings. Darn. Like, all of them. I found a few on the find a grave, but I'm not going to sit here and just name those few. Olive does show up, I think, one more time, so we're just going to stick with Olive. But there were other children. The family was so poor that the home that they resided in didn't have electricity or running water or even a toilet. Yeah. What year was she born? Um, 1932. Oh, my. They ended up having to go out to the woods to, you know, do their business. <gasps> what did they wipe with? I hope it wasn't poison ivy leaves. That would be tragic. <laughs> that would hurt. That would not be good. What did I, they wipe with? I don't know. What did they maybe leave? Bit in, in the butt. What by a snake? I'm sure they had some sort of paper. They just Towel didn't have cloth? electricity and water. Maybe they used the cotton. Oh, oh, maybe. So, with it no. being the 1930s, it was the middle of the Great Depression. Mm. The family also consisted of Murphy's parents, John and Isabella Bullard, as well as his sister Susan. Like, so they, they all lived together on purpose. Yes, but <laughs> you keep saying on purpose. Oh, I mean, you know my family. Would you want me to live with all of them? No, 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 no. Same, but I mean. It was different pretty, times. It different was different times. times. Different times. And they didn't, at that time, have all the nine children when Velma was born. Right. Because she was, was just a second her, child. Right. So, in 1934, the Bullards gave up the farm and the entire family moved from South Carolina to Wade, North Carolina, due to Murphy getting a better job as a logger at a sawmill. Hmm. They ended up getting a better house as well. Good. Yeah. So, just a side note... Most sources say the family moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, not Wade, but this is because Fayetteville is the bigger area and Wade is just like a smaller part of it. So for so us like, here, it would be like us saying any of the surrounding towns, Yeah. but Binghamton is the bigger area. Right, got you. And those towns just kind of fall within that. Yeah. I do want to say a quick shout out thank you to my mom, Tammy. Because she has helped me out on this case. Because I actually, she lives there around that area. So I'm like, hey, where's Wade, North Carolina? And she's like, yeah, it's around Fayetteville. And that's probably why they consider it Fayetteville. Yeah. Instead of Wade. So quick shout out. Thank you to her. Love you. Um, so Wade is just 16 minutes northeast of Fayetteville which is best known as the home of the U.S. Army Base Fort Bragg. Uh, Not long after the families began living together, Murphy's parents died less than a year apart. Um, His his father, John, died on February 5th, 1936, and his mother, Isabella, died on January 12th, 1937. Both, Both at the age of 74. After their deaths, though, Murphy and his large family continued to live in the home. So the family's home life, was, uh, for the lack of a better term, uh, toxic. Red Red flag. flag. Velma was raised in a strict Pentecostal Christian household, like, remaining devoutly religious on and off throughout her life. On and off. You know. Alrighty. Nobody's perfect. Just remember that. So, Murphy Bullard was the traditional patriarch in the family. Patriarch. Should say it all. Yep. Like Taylor Swift said in the song All Too Well, fuck the patriarchy, you know? So he expected his children to obey and his wife to be subservient. He was also an alcoholic who was easily angered, generally when he didn't get what he wanted. I feel like I know somebody in my past. Me too. Like that. Me three. Yeah. He was a strict disciplinarian who took the switch, the belt, or anything else he could find to instill discipline. But it was the 1930s, so, you know, that stuff was super That was, yeah. No, you can't do that now. 
Velma was strong-willed and lacked respect for her mother, mainly because she did not agree with, like, the dutiful wife kind of situation. Velma later wrote in her memoirs, yes, she has memoirs called Woman on Death Row. Oh, not to give away anything there. I seemed to accept daddy's high-tempered ways because I thought that's the way men are. Mamas should love their children and stand up for them, and mama never stood up for me or for any of us. So that would be why she did not like her mother very much. Murphy liked to play with the newly found term of gaslighting. Yeah, it wasn't a term then, but it's definitely a term now in 2022, and he definitely was playing around with that. He often accused his wife of flirting with men, even though he himself was stepping out of the marriage and being unfaithful. Oh, that's all right. I don't think it is. No. no. Lily Bullard learned to, like, tread carefully around her husband. When he was in a rage, gosh, he would he would beat her. So she was also getting beat. And I don't think the kids knew that because Velma was, I think that's why she, like, wouldn't save her kids. Because he, she didn't want it on her. So that's something that occurred often. Um, but with the toxicity in the home, Velma was happy to begin school in the fall of 1939 at the age of seven. She was a bright student. She often got really good grades and she, she enjoyed her school life. Pretty sure she saw it as an escape from her home life. Yeah. You know? Of course. That is until she started getting bullied. Oh, was she bullied because her name was Velma? No. Oh. She was bullied because she did not have nice clothes. They were still poor. When um, people got made fun of back in the 30s and 40s for not having nice clothes? Yeah. So she didn't Some have... never change. Yeah. yeah. She didn't have nice clothes and the food that she brought, she was actually bullied for the food that she brought for lunch. What? What? Yeah. They, would, they would bully her about not having pretty enough dresses or shoes. And about the school, because, or about the school lunch that she would bring, which was like a thing of cornbread with a side of meat. And they would bully her for that. So it was around that time when she decided oh. to start going through her father's pants pockets. For money. Yeah, to steal money in order to buy things that would not get her bullied anymore. She also liked to go to the candy store across the street from her school. Um, and after getting away with, you know, taking the change out of his pockets, she decided to try to like up her ante. And she stole a whopping $80 from an elderly neighbor. Now, mind you, I don't know what that is equivalent to. That's a lot. That's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot back then. Yeah. That's so like a lot. She got caught. The elderly neighbor saw her stealing it and then oh. went and told her father. Oh, she got beat, didn't she? He did not spare the rod. The punishment seemed to have worked because Velma did not steal during her youth again. Wow. Velma kind of became... The one the family depended on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, she's the second oldest. So, I don't know where Olive is. Why he couldn't. I guess it's... Er. No, it's just <sighs> Olive. I don't care if you don't like it. They named him Olive. <laughs> and I love to eat olives. Okay. Me too. That's... Me all too. right. So, she was expected to clean the house. Do the laundry be the seamstress for the clothing, and even look after her younger siblings. She actually had so many chores that she would actually have to leave school early and come home to do them. You're not allowed to do that. Well, again, we're in the 30s and 40s. So. Oh, right. She uh -huh. later said, quote unquote, I really f never felt like my mama or daddy ever wanted me. Except, Why? Except for the work I did. I always felt like they just really wanted me to be a slave. And that's, that's got to be devastating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's got to be devastating. So even though there was a toxic side, clearly, to Murphy, Velma was a daddy's girl. There's a story that she remembers. What? Yeah. There's I don't a, understand either. Okay. <clears throat> I, it's probably like the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation. Yeah. So there's a story from when she was 10 that they had been in Fayetteville, and there was a pretty pink dress in a window that, like, she was like, oh, I really like that dress. And she was just overcome with happiness when her father went right in and bought the dress after she said she loved it. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. So, unfortunately, that loving story is just like a small nugget in a darker picture. Once she remembers being confused at some inappropriate touching. <gasps> what? By her father? Yeah. Oh. Um, and later, she would say that when she was about 13, he actually raped her. Oh. <gasps> but that's all alleged, though. I'm not here to say it did or did not happen. She claims it happened. She claims it happened. Um, her siblings do not agree with that. But I am not here to say we're not victim shaming. Cause, right, right. Yeah. So they even said that their own sister was a liar and manipulator. And because of that, she used claims of rape and incest as her way to garner like attention and sympathy from anyone willing to listen to her. So... Is that the case? Maybe because she had a really bad home life and she was getting bullied at school too. So maybe she was using it to get attention. Again, I'm not here to say whether that's true or not. Right. It's not our job to say whether or not it is, but we are, it's our but, job to let people know what she says. And, but it would make clear sense that it if it were a lie, it would make serious sense as to why she would be saying that and yeah. want that attention. Yeah. Agreed. So at the age of 13 and now in high school, the excitement of school kind of just wore off. Oh. I don't know if that's, like, just because you're a teenager. You maybe. Know I mean? Maybe. I mean, 7 in school and 13 in school are two different things. Yes. I don't care what year it is. Yes. But she no longer was getting good grades. Mm-hmm. However, while attending Parkton Public School, she actually joined the basketball team. And she was super good at it. Whoa. Yeah. But that was short-lived. Because her mother ended up giving birth to twins. Oh, gosh. And was finding, like, it really difficult to keep up with the twins and the housework. So she insisted that Velma give up basketball to come home and help out with chores and housework. I'm sorry, you know my stance on extracurricular activities, whether it be sports, which I'm partial to, or music, or... I know, but it's the 1940s. I, I know, I just... But if we're having trouble, like, keeping up with the kids and the Maybe house, you should get your tubes tied or maybe we not should just have any more sex and keep your legs closed. Again, 1940s, <laughs> things were different. So there was a rule in the household that there was no dating until you were 16. Why are you looking at Tara? She's, she's going to be 16 in October. Two months, yeah. She's already dating, though, so. Yeah, I started dating. Yeah. But I'm unsure if this was, like, an overall rule for all of the children. Or, it was like a or society if it was thing. just for the girls. Or was it just for Velma? Yeah. I don't know. Good point. But it was while in high school that Velma met a fellow classmate named William Thomas Burke. I forgot to tell you, Amanda, that in the beginning of this episode that I wanted you to keep a list. Um... This is that type of episode. I need you to keep a list of deaths. Oh, okay. Um, of, like, who you think she killed. I actually ended up keeping my own list when I was researching and then ended up with three lists. Oh, Lord. Just deaths in general and then kills and then another thing which you'll be like, what the hell is happening? So... If you just want to keep an overall list, these are the people who died, and then you can go over okay. who you think. Mm-hmm. Now, we do not need to worry about John and Isabella Bullard. They died natural. No. Yeah. Okay? But let's start now. So, of course, William Thomas Burke was mostly known as Thomas. He went by Thomas. Okay. I could not find much background information on him other than he was a year older than her. It is also said that he wasn't really handsome. <laughs> yeah. Um, that matters why. But he was good to her and made her laugh. So See, my high school boyfriend, that matters. he was not a looker. But he was so funny and he was so good to me and that yeah. just made him attractive. Right. I Listen, attractiveness is not just outward. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. True that. Um, so they flirted back and forth, but only at school. Because of the rule. Do you ever wonder what flirting is in the 40s? What yeah, is, what is that? Oh, I Johnny, do you do that? your tie is crisp today. Oh, mm-hmm. Johnny, your tie is crisp today? I don't know. That's what I'm picturing. I don't know, but I don't even know what flirting is nowadays. You don't? No. I don't think I do either. 
Yeah. So Velma was excited when she turned 16 because she could date. Now she could date Thomas. However, her father decided to change his mind. Oh. Can't say I'm not surprised. So I'm not sure if this was just like a game to him or he was like literally trying to keep Velma under his control. But he made the choice that he did not want Velma to go out with boys at all. He was like, we're not doing that. Nope. Of course, her being 16, it was a back and forth between the two. And she was nagging and nagging and nagging. And finally, he agreed that she could see Thomas outside of school. Hmm. But there were rules, of course. Of course there was. I think there would be rules either way. I mean, Tara has rules. So, and I think these rules are reasonable. Um, One, Velma could only go out with him if there was another couple present. They couldn't go out alone. Okay. She also had to be home before 10 p.m. That's it. Yes. Okay. But it was only a year later when Thomas Burke proposed to Velma. Oh, whoa, whoa. At a movie theater. And Velma, of course, said yes. I'm not a true dad. (laughs) When she told her father... It was actually said that, like, he cried and begged her to rethink the whole thing. (laughs) He was like, no, don't do that, please. Don't, don't marry Thomas. What are you doing? Stay here with us. Probably because she was the one that took care of everything. Yeah, she was the worker. She did everything. They were losing the slave, so I could see. So that was not happening in her Velma's eyes, and her and Thomas ran away to Dillon, South Carolina, to get married at 17. The pair dropped out of school. Probably not the best idea, but again, 40s. Thomas had an array of jobs. I thought you were going to say erection. <laughs> I literally was scared because I thought you were going to I'm not joking. I really was scared. I thought you were going to say erection. No. Okay. Like, I'm sure he had one for her at some point. Um, <laughs> but how people in the 40s hide that. I mean, what are you talking about? I just feel like times were so different. There, it's a normal thing for men to get erections, and at one point they used that as sexual. What else would you use it for? That was not in the 40s, but still. What? What are you on? It was. He had an array of jobs, ranging from working on a cotton mill to driving a delivery truck. All at the same time? Or, like, these are the jobs that he's held? Those are ones he's held. Okay. Like, those are an array. So, Velma worked for a hot minute in a drugstore. Just a hot hot minute. minute. Because uh-huh. Thomas didn't want Velma to work. Not in a control way, but, like, he didn't want her to have to do that. He wanted to take care of the family. So she ended up staying home. The couple moved to Wade near Velma's family, which I thought was odd because you would think she'd want to get away from her family. But apparently not. So that's where she gave birth to their son, Ronald Thomas Burke. He went by Ronald or Ronnie. Um, and he was born on December 15th, 1951, and then they moved again to Parkton, North Carolina. She then gave birth to their daughter, Kim, on September 3rd, 1953. Kim? Kim. Not Kimberly. I'm sure it was Kimberly, but I just saw Kim. So, Velma seemed to, like, be a natural mother. Like, it just came to her. This was a thing. Like, this was what she was meant to do. And that's probably because of all the experience she had taking care of her siblings. No? Duh. It wasn't new for her. It's just that the baby came out of her body. That's the only thing that changed. It was different. Yeah. I know. But she really took to it. She was loving and caring to her kids. She was also very protective and really, like, didn't want to be away from them too long. Um, She wanted to raise them with a strong faith. Oh, okay. And she started a pastoral church? No, she actually started taking them to a local Baptist church. That's which is very, which <laughs> it's very different. It's much more strict. Yeah. So once the children began school, she became an involved parent there as well, like helping out volunteering whenever uh, an opportunity arose. I have to say, the way this is going, it's not sounding like Velma's going to be any danger to anybody. She's sounding like a normal PTO mom. 
PTO. PTA. PTA mom. PTA. Yeah. There you go. Paid time off is different. It's much different. <laughs> <laughs> With the children not home during the day, Velma decided that she could finally get a job. Which makes sense. Yeah. I stayed home with Tara until she started kindergarten. And then... You yeah. did? Yes, I did. Oh. You were there, but you were little. So you don't uh, remember. You were there. <laughs> you were there, though. Thomas was a delivery driver for Pepsi at the time. And he did not object to her getting a job now. So due to, you know, mainly because they needed money, um, he actually, like, welcomed this new prospect of having an income. So she took a midnight to 8 a.m. shift at a textile plant, which I thought was odd because I feel like she could have done that while being home with the kids, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess she's just using her time while they're at school to sleep. Correct. Yeah. So now it's said that her and Thomas had a happy marriage. Um, However... In 1963, oh Velma began to have, like, health issues that, like, the doctor was like, well, you need to have a hysterectomy. I had one of those. It was glorious. I did, it wasn't planned for her. Oh, right. No, it would be much worse if it was, like, cancer or some type of health issue, but... Well, it's not the hysterectomy that made the couple unhappy afterwards, because they had already planned not to have more kids. The issues came after the operation, so Velma experienced, like, mood swings and suddenly feeling, like, I, I assume, less of a woman. Hmm. So she was now obsessed with thinking that her husband would find her less attractive because she couldn't bear kids, which I don't understand because they had already agreed not to have more children. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. That way But thinking. maybe she thinks, well, if he changes his mind and wants, maybe he's got a, his own ticker, and if he wants one more, now I can't do it. So I could see. I could see that. Yeah, yeah I okay. could see that. Um, eventually she started having like mounting anxiety over it and lower back pain. So Thomas, on the other hand, had joined the local JCs and he was attending the meetings regularly, like weekly. Wait, the what? Well, according to Wikipedia, the United States Junior Chamber, also known as the JCs, is a leadership training and civic organization for people between the ages of 18 and 40. That tells me nothing. That I'm still waiting for, to know what this thing is. Yeah, <laughs> so just a group of people. Like, what do they do? Leadership training and civic organization. Okay, but that that that's just fancy words for nothing. Yeah, I, I, don't know I honestly is. don't know what they are, and I they got, sit in a room and pretend like they're powerful. I got bored looking it up because as yeah. soon as it said United States Chamber Junior Chamber, I was like, nope, this nope. is something political. Yeah, I don't care nope. for. Exactly. So it's probably, watch, it's probably not political. If anybody knows what it is and feels like letting us know, I may read it. (laughs) (laughs) At least she's honest. Do it in a way that won't bore me. Maybe I'll ask James. Can I phone a friend? Why would you ask him? If you don't want to be bored, why would you ask him? Oh. He listens to this podcast. No, no, no. I mean, like... He'll go. He's going to explain it boringly. No, no, no. no, What she's saying is he's going to. If he knows what it is, he's going to go on for hours about it. Yeah, he'll just talk about it. And then all I need to know is what it is. Just give me a couple sentences. Dumb it down. Put a little bit of chocolate on it so that I'm not super bored, and we'll call it a day. All right. (laughs) I sometimes I I do put some bacon on it. I do want some sugar in my mouth right now. Oh, I got cookies. I don't want that out of your mouth, so. I have oh, okay. That's Continue. Thomas. There's so many squirrels. Okay. So, now when. What? <laughs> no, changing of the subject. Oh! Squirrels. What were you doing? I thought I s- <laughs> saw squirrels behind you outside. Okay. So when he went to his weekly meetings for the JCs, Velma was left home with kids. And that was not an issue for her. Remember, she was she loved being a mom. Yeah. What she did mind was that in this little JC's meeting thing, Thomas was developing an issue, drinking. Her dad was a drunk. That probably raised some issues. Well, that and because she felt this was a direct issue with her Baptist faith. Drinking. He wasn't a Baptist either? Not, not as seriously as she was. I don't think he was, was going or anything, but 
she found this to be an issue with her faith. So the bigger issue developed one evening in 1956 when Thomas went out one night for beers with his friends. What year was it? 1965. And we've jumped quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas's night ended with his car in the driveway of a stranger's house after hitting a culvert and being airborne. <gasps> yeah. What? Did he? Was he okay? Was he hurt? Um, he suffered head injuries, which later caused him to have like horrible headaches for the rest of his life, like migraines. Mm. And it was because of the drinking. So Thomas, of course, claimed that he was sober and just fell asleep at the wheel of the accident. I don't know. But his drinking didn't like stop. Oh, he continued. Okay. Yeah. He's just claiming he was sober for the accident. Um. Oh. I've heard that before. Mm. Um, so his drinking became like the center of their arguments. She wanted him to stop drinking. He obviously didn't care to do that. Or see a problem, obviously. She was monitoring his intake. <laughs> and that like led to more arguments. It was probably like one of those things like, oh, Vilma, get me a beer. And she's like, oh, Thomas, you've had three. I think we're good. And he's like, oh, I've had a hard day. She's like, I don't think you should be having one. And then arguments. Is that what you picture her voice to sound like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Because honestly, and I'm going to be honest about this. When you first said Margie Velma, I was picturing she had short Bob with these dark, dark brown eyes and she was a lesbo. Okay, well, she was not a lesbo. <laughs> She's not. No. That's just what I pictured in my mind. Especially in the night. 1940s, I don't know. Well, 1960s. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it's not as common to come out then, but that's just what I pictured when I heard that. Yeah, if she were, that would have been super hard for her to come out. But, um, yeah. The, um, Oh, she looks like a nice, sweet old broad. Oh, that one looks a little crazier. Well, I think that one is almost supposed to... That one, I f this picture, I feel like, is more of, like pin up, getting ready to work kind of thing. Like, look at me sitting at a desk. Fancy pants mm -hmm. woman at a desk. We'll go with that. So the arguments that they ended up having actually would wake the children at night and scare the death out of them. I know what that's like. There wasn't any abuse. It was just screaming and fighting. So I think the only thing that I will say is that I understand arguing with an alcoholic and trying to get them to stop. So I imagine, like, the more she even just the more she pushed any issue on the subject is just going to make him angrier. Yeah. And like I just said, and she's not going to stop. Luckily for her there was no domestic violence. Yeah. Luckily In for her. 1967 things came to a head though when Thomas was arrested for drinking and driving. He had lost his license and therefore lost his job as a delivery driver. Oh, did you learn his lesson? Probably not. Seeing as how know. instead of going out and trying to find a new job, he, he went stayed, to the bar. He stayed home having a pity party and drink more at home. At least he was doing that at home. Um, maybe not. You sure. shouldn't have done it either way. But um, one day after Thomas finally did get a new job at a mill and was away at work, um, their son Ronald had come home to find his mother on the floor. Um. She ended up being admitted to the hospital where they tried to help her with, like, her anxious nerves. So it was just anxiety, anxiety nerves, yeah. things like that. So when they got her under control, they sent her home with Librium. So according to WebMD, it can treat anxiety, it can treat alcohol withdrawals, and it can oh. also treat tremors. Maybe she should give some of that to Thomas. Yeah, right. So this was... The beginning of her addiction. To pills? Yeah. She took more Librium than she was prescribed and ran out. So she soon found a new doctor that prescribed her Valium. <clears throat> After that, she started, like, doctor hopping. Of course. Because back then they probably didn't take very good care of record keeping. Yeah, none of the other doctors... Well, yeah, it wasn't on, like online yeah, it was yeah on paper so you would have to nobody would know right no so no. none of the doctors knew that she was seeing other doctors which means the drugs that she was being given and taken very well could conflict with each other oh yeah yeah which would cause you. more issues yeah that could kill it you it could kill you yeah 
And in a twist, Thomas became the nagger when he was worried about her drug abuse. Oh, the tables have turned. Yeah. He's still drinking. So, one night, on April 21st, 1969, while the children were away at school and Velma was allegedly at the laundromat. Now, there are conflicting reports about how this went down. Some sources say that her and Thomas got into another argument and she took the kids and left and, like, went to her parents. Others say it was while the kids were... Why would she do that? Well... The Burke house kind of just broke out in flames. <gasps> oh. Thomas was the only one home, drunk, of course, and never made it out. <gasps> After authorities were called, Thomas was rescued and taken to the hospital, but he later died of smoke inhalation, and that's death number one at the age of 37. So, put that down on your little list. Velma was beside herself when she lost her husband. Um, and at the hospital, the nurse gave her a shot to settle her down, not knowing that she was an escalating drug drug addict. Yeah. So after the fire that killed her husband, Velma thought for sure that it was because of his addiction that he succumbed to death. Well, did they ever figure out what the cause of the fire was? Yeah. Um, the investigation of the fire showed that there was like a short circuit in a household appliance. Okay, because I was originally thinking, oh, maybe she said it because yeah, she yeah. wouldn't stop. But how would you short circuit an appliance? I somehow feel like she had something to do with it, but huh. that's just me. So she tried to pull her life together. However, another fire broke out like months later in the same house. Because the first fire that killed her husband was only damage in the bedroom where he was. Uh-huh. So they were able to repair the part of the room. Yeah, they were able to. What small appliance was in the? What room? small appliance was in their bedroom? <laughs> what? What? Uh, they were. What? <laughs> maybe a hair dryer? No, no. That, that no. 1960s. They had hair dryers, right? Was it? Why would it be in their bedroom? Don't you normally get ready in the bathroom? I have my blow dryer in the bedroom. My blow dryer is in my bedroom. My blow dryer is not. I don't use a blow dryer. I sit. Actually. I sit by my long mirror. Yeah. Blow dryer in my hair. Aunt Tammy has her stuff in her bedroom. Oh, I love her. Hi, Aunt Tammy. Because they have a small bathroom, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. Just I, I'm saying it's a blow dryer. You asked for an appliance. I said blow dryer. I don't even know if she owned a blow dryer. Straightener. Maybe it was an alarm clock. <gasps> iron. Iron. An iron. <gasps> okay. All right. Okay. So that was the first one. So they got the house repaired from that. Right. Okay. Moved back in. Months later, fire. Same room? Same house. Uh, because the house became nothing more than a few pieces of wood standing oh, in some ashes. the whole thing went. Yeah. What caused that fire? <clears throat> Am I, I don't, getting ahead of myself? No. Okay. I don't know what caused that fire. She learned her lesson after the first fire because they did not have homeowner's insurance. Oh. But she did this time. So what did she collect on that? Um, enough to move. The kids and Velma ended up having to live with Murphy and Lily as they waited for the insurance money to be released. So now she was working at Belk's department store. Oh, okay. And in the fall of 1969, a mere seven months after Thomas's death, 37-year-old Velma met 53-year-old Jennings Barfield through a co-worker. He had numerous health issues. <laughs> Off the bat already? Well, he's 53. I mean, and how age old is she? Thirty-seven. And people didn't really, yeah, you know, people didn't really get to like their eighties and stuff back then. Yeah. So it's he rare. had things like heart disease, diabetes, oh emphysema. You know, uh, just, was he a smoker? Did he eat the bacon every day? What What is happening? I don't know. He had recently lost his wife, though, mm. Pauline, in September of 1969. I'm sorry. Which was the same year that she lost Thomas. Yeah. Because he died in April. And so they seemed to bond together over their shared grief. That brought them together. Yeah, it did. A co-worker introduced them. And probably was like, you know, he lost his wife. Right. You lost your yeah. husband. This might be a thing. Yeah. I'm sorry if you guys can hear that. Lily is drinking. 
It's a dog. It's a dog. <laughs> she looked up like, what is happening? Sorry to interrupt your drinking. Um, so on August 23rd, 1970, the couple got married. Oh, that was fast. It was fast. After the wedding, Velma moved into Jennings' home that he shared with his teenage daughter, Nancy, in Fayetteville. Okay. I think 53 and having a teenage daughter, that's got to be rough. Oh, my. Yeah. It didn't take long for the marriage to show signs of trouble, though. Okay. Well, because of Velma. Yeah. And her continuous addiction that she still had. Mm. So, one day in November of the same year... Jennings found his new wife almost comatose of a suspected, what he thought, drug overdose. He rushed her to the hospital where they confirmed that's exactly what it was. So they soon separated, and she was back on her feet, and as soon as she did that, she came with him, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to do it again, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. Jennings fell for it. Mm-hmm. And soon they were back together just in the nick of time, too. Because oh. she was barely finished saying, I won't do it again. And she overdosed again. When she broke that promise and ended up back in the emergency room on February of 1971. So while Jennings was now calling the marriage a mistake to his friends and family, weirdly enough, Velma was doing the same thing. Oh. Which, like, why are you going, you guys broke up. Why didn't you guys just do that then? So, I don't know why, unless it had to do with his health, which she already knew about. So Did she could know about her drug addiction? I don't think he knew about her health. Or no, I don't think so. Um, she knew about his health, so she couldn't have been like, oh, this was a mistake. Because of that, she already knew about it. Yeah. So, clearly, both Jennings and Velma were definitely headed for the big D. And I don't mean Dallas. You know that song? Oh. Yeah. Okay, 15-year-old, put it back in your memory brain there. What? Is that different than normal brain? (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Get your head out of the gutter. Debbie Does Dallas. That's a movie, right? I'm... Is it? I don't know. Is it... Is it? Is it a porno? Because that sounds... (gasps) Might be. Oh, my God. I didn't know. (laughs) Where have you heard of this? I thought I heard you guys talk about it before. Uh, you guys. I have heard of it, but I have never watched anything like that at all. Where, am Where I did you hear it? I swear to God, I heard. Okay, so I just Googled it. <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas, a 1978 pornographic, hardcore pornographic film. <laughs> I did not Bobby know. Woods. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, the plot of the film focuses on team of cheerleaders attempting to earn enough money to send the title character to Dallas. Imagine that. I apologize. <laughs> I had no idea. I had, I promised you I had no idea. Wow. Nope. <laughs> but she probably did get some big D in Dallas. <clears throat> okay, so Velma saved some pride when she didn't need to sign on the dotted line for a divorce. Because before it even came to that, Jennings Barfield became deathly ill. Okay, and how did it become deathly ill? He had difficult, like, difficulty breathing and was vomiting and had diarrhea. Did somebody poison him? He later died on March 21st, 1971 from what the doctor said was a heart attack brought on by the illness. He was sick. He was... Not old, but he had health issues, so who knows? I'm writing this down. That's good that you're writing it down. How's your list coming? I only have two so far. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on those two? Uh, I'm not sure about Thomas, but Jennings. That one's questionable to you. I think he was poisoned. Well, I think it would be easy for her anyways. Yeah, because he had old. So, and it had health and he issues. He already had health issues. He's old. It's easy to just be like, oh... He just got more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they didn't really deep dive into, like, that. They weren't those together long before she uh, lost him. I mean, they met in 1969. He died in 71. But, like, I mean, like, back then they didn't really deep dive into what causes these illnesses. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. And they're they just like, just... you're sick. We don't, we can't fix it. Hmm. Good call, T. Yeah. Good call. 
Um, we're gonna end it here for today, which I know Tara's like super bummed about. She's she's getting into this one. Um, hopefully Tara can join us next time and the next time because there's two more parts to this because it gets good. It gets really good. So maybe I'll start listening to you guys. Hey, there's an idea. What an idea. And you know what else you should do? Download good pods and find us and rate and review just like all of our listeners. Keep um, Spotify. You can keep Spotify, but it would help if you go on to good pods and rate and review because we are, you know, fluctuating on the list of 100 true crime podcasts and we're on there. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is where we're ending it. We will be back next time. I promise I won't do the hardcore screaming like I did last night. Do you remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did that scare you? Yeah, it did. For, for a hot <laughs> second. For a hot second. She's like, I had nightmares about it. No. I don't. You, as you can tell, I'm not delirious. I'm telling you that when we are recording in my apartment, the heat gets to me. It really does get to you. It doesn't bother me. I'm intact. We are at a place where it's nice and comfortable in here. I melt quickly. And then I get delirious. Does that mean you're a witch? Because you know they melt? Maybe it means I'm a snowman, Amanda. <gasps> are you a snowman? <laughs> oh, I'm Olaf, and I like warm hugs. I don't. I don't. No. I don't do that either. So, all right, guys. We'll be back with part two next week. Yep. We'll see you then. Super or, excited. I'll talk to you then. We'll talk to you then. You're not even talking to anybody. You're talking to me. You'll hear us in your ear holes, and we will fill your life with murdery things. Yeah, what she said. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That's a great story. (laughs) See you next episode.